Friends, it is a joy to have our choir back. It is a joy to keep singing, and it's a joy to hear the voices of little ones who want to sing to God, even though they don't know the words. I love baptisms because of their unpredictability, Um, and I love the fact that Amelia, though small, can still sing at the top of her lungs to the God who has saved her and the God who calls her by name. Thanks be to God for that. Last week, Pastor Susan preached about Solomon's request of God. He didn't wish for riches. He didn't wish to be a prince. He didn't wish for long life. In short, he did not treat God like a genie. But instead, Solomon asked for wisdom. And we're going to skip ahead today about 10 years in the narrative. And in this reading, Solomon has consolidated his reign over Israel. And he's created a temple for the God of Israel, which is something his father David yearned to do. Our scripture reading today comes from 1 Kings chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 22 through 30 and then skip ahead to verses 41 through 43. This shows Solomon dedicating the temple that his father wanted to build, that he built. Listen now for God's word to you. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel. He spread out his hands to heaven and he said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenants and steadfast love for your servants who walk before you with all their heart. The covenant that you kept for your servant, my father David, as you declared to him, You promised with your mouth and have this day fulfilled with your hand. Therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, keep for your servant, my father David, that which you promised him, saying, There shall never fail you a successor before me to sit on the throne of Israel. If only your children look to their way to walk before me as you have walked before me. Therefore, O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed, which you promised to your servant my father David. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Even heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this house I have built. Regard your servant's prayer and his plea, O Lord my God, heeding the cry and the prayer that your servant prays to you today, that your eyes may be open day and night toward this house, the place of which you said, my name shall be there that you may heed the prayer that your servant prays toward this place. Hear the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Oh, hear in heaven your dwelling place. Heed and forgive. And likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a distant land because of your name, for they shall hear of your great name, your mighty hand, your outstretched arm. When a foreigner comes and prays toward this house, Then hear in heaven your dwelling place and do according to all that the foreigner calls to you so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel and so that they may know that your name has been invoked on this house that I have built. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God of the ages, you were present in Solomon's temple, and we ask you also to be present in this space with us, your people. 
Send your spirit upon us this morning. Grant us loving curiosity that we would hear and understand your word for us today. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, your word made flesh. Amen. Now, friends, it was about 150 years ago at this point, in 1870, when there was a group of 31 faithful people that organized a church here in South Bend called Second Presbyterian Church. You may have heard of it. Um, Although the membership declined at one point to just one congregant, the church grew large enough to construct a new building in 1893. With a new building came a new name, and Trinity Presbyterian Church was formed. That name may be more familiar to some of you. Through the generosity of John Studebaker, the congregation constructed a third new building on Washington and Francis, renaming itself Sunnyside Presbyterian Church in 1923. Despite the ebb and flow of businesses and people in South Bend, despite the two world wars and other political events that took place in that time, despite all the challenges that have confronted the people of this congregation over and over and over again, God has been present here in this building in a real way. Yes, God is present everywhere. That's true. The fancy theological term you may be aware of is omnipresence, coming from the Latin prefix omna. That's like every. And then presence, of course, we have that word in English. But in a very real way, although God is omnipresent, God is also specially present in this place. God is here. God is in this building. There's a sacredness and a holiness that we sense in this place. Do you feel it? It was nearly 3,000 years ago during Solomon's dedication of the temple that we see him wrestling with this very same paradox. Not even heaven, not even the highest heaven, the heavens of the heavens can contain God. God is beyond the highest height, surpasses the wildest expectations that we have. And yet, the place of worship that Solomon created, God dwelt there in a real way. The place of worship we have here, God dwells here in a real way. Now, naturally, the Hebrew temple was a slightly different animal than this sanctuary. All of Israel, regardless of where they lived in the nation, would come to the one town, Jerusalem, because the temple was the one place in all of Israel that you could go and God would be present in that special way. It was a special, unique place, both in the city of Jerusalem and in the country of Israel. Now, in our time... There are many such sanctuaries in the city of South Bend. There are uncountably many sanctuaries in our country, in our nation, in our world. And yet God is somehow uniquely present in and throughout not only our worship, but also all of these other sanctuaries of all these other denominations and all these other different places. In each of them, God is present. And in each of them, God dwells in a real and special way. Now, I think that we've experienced this reality acutely over the last 18 months by its absence. We've been worshiping from home during this pandemic. Many of us have. And those of you who are worshiping with us from home now, you know worshiping from home is better than not worshiping at all. But it's not quite the same, is it? There's something that 
It's different in some profound ways from worshiping here in this place. The presence of God in this place, the history of God's faithfulness that has almost seeped into the walls, into the floor, into the pews. This is real. It's worth naming. The loss of gathering together over the last 18 months, and for many who still don't see it safe to gather together, this hurts. Even though God is everywhere, God is present here in a very special way. Now, Solomon's dedication in our passage today, it appeals to God's character, to God's promises. We think of the promises of God, and we don't just remember the ones Solomon appealed to, the promises to David. We also remember how God, way back in the day, called Abraham out of the land of Ur to go to the land that God would send him. We remember that God promised him four things, that God would be with him, that God would give him the land that God was sending him to, that God would make his descendants as numerous as the sand on the seashore, a great nation, and perhaps most importantly, that not only would God bless him, but through Abraham, all the people on earth would be blessed. It's important that we don't miss that fourth promise because Solomon focuses on it in his dedication. You see, the house of faith, where God is present in a special way, that's not just for us, friends. It isn't just for our community as we understand it. It's for anyone who wants to love God more. It's for the stranger, the foreigner, the visitor, the guest, the newly baptized. Every single one of us whether we remembered or not, had a first time that we walked through the doors of Sunnyside and we experienced some form of welcome. I wonder if you remember what that felt like. I wonder if you can think back to the first time you walked through these doors. Maybe you were baptized here, like Amelia was this morning, and you've been here as long as you can remember. Maybe you relocated to the South Bend area for work and were looking for a Presbyterian church. And you walked in these doors and thought, I could worship here. This is a good home. Maybe this was a compromised church for your family, wanting to find a middle ground between Roman Catholicism and like the Southern Baptists. Maybe you're a convert from Methodism. If so, praise be. No, just kidding. We love love our Methodist friends. I got you, (laughs) Avada. Or maybe a neighbor invited you here to worship with them. Or maybe you're not quite sure why you're here. You just know that you ended up here and now you don't feel like you can leave because this is your family. These are your friends. This is where God has been present for you. See, we're not called to worship together so we can remain internally focused on ourselves. We're called to worship together to remind ourselves what really matters. To remember that God desires the flourishing of all people through God's people, all nations, will be blessed. Having received the blessing of the good news of God's grace, we're sent out into our communities to be salt and light to those who might not know God. Yes, God is present in this sanctuary in a real and profound way, but God is not restricted to this house of worship. God meets us here to send us out into our neighborhoods and communities to share about God's great name, God's mighty hand, God's outstretched arm. 
Sunnyside Presbyterian Church was built by God through our ancestors in faith. These women and men believed that God would be here in a very special way. They built our church for worship, but this is not the end of the story. We have been called since that day to build bridges of faith, receiving God's blessings in worship and then sharing them with the world. God's name is present here as it was in Solomon's temple, and God prepares us to welcome the foreigner, the stranger, the visitor, and the guest, not so that we can just sit here and hold on to God's name, but so that we can share it. So how do we do this? What does this actually look like in our lives? Well, there are a ton of concrete ways we can welcome others, not just with our words, but also with our actions. And at the core of all of these is this idea of loving curiosity. I wonder if you've experienced this in somebody else, where you've experienced somebody who's genuinely interested in you and expresses it by the questions that they ask. Not like an interrogation, right? But they really want to know what your life is like, who you are. They care about you and want to know you. Loving curiosity, this is how we encounter God's presence here. This is how we ask people to share their memories of God's grace, their memories of God's providence in their lives. Loving curiosity is how we summon up the courage to say, good morning, I don't think I know you. What's your name? And then when we hear that this person's been worshiping at Sunnyside 20 years, and we have too, we can say, that's all right, I made a new friend. Loving curiosity is not judgmental. It's wanting to know someone and be known by someone because that's what God does to, for us and to us. Anytime we choose to build bridges of faith, we are choosing to explore. We are choosing to engage in curiosity. We are choosing to learn lovingly about other people. When this happens, when we learn about other people, other places, other ideas, then God's presence among us, God's blessing of us, moves us from this house of worship so that we can share this loving curiosity with others. We can share this welcome, this hospitality with others. This is what the founders of our congregation chose to do when they founded Second Presbyterian Church 150 years ago, to explore the work God called them to in South Bend to begin the process of building bridges of faith in the community. Now, we don't know who God might bring into our path. We don't know if God's going to bring someone into our path on Sunday morning or on Thursday evening when we're taking our walk through our neighborhood. But we do know that when we gather here, we encounter God in a special way. And when we leave, we seek to extend that encounter to all those we meet, to the foreigner, to the stranger, the visitor, the guest. So let us be a people that not only dedicates this place to the worship of God, but let us also dedicate our very selves to radical welcome, anchored in loving curiosity. Let us live royal lives like Solomon did, being lavish in our welcome of others, knowing that we have a place where God also welcomes us in a special way. May it be so. Amen.